0: Welcome, 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 welcome. Who thought counting could be cool? <laughs> Here we go! Here we go! Join Andrew Wall. Yes. and Brad Thompson. Our mission: make accounting fun. Follow us as we chat with amazing guests every Friday. Are you ready?
1: woo Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> We're back. And uh, it's Friday night. We are back with a Easter. return visitor uh the always entertaining will lopez thank you uh hey, for joining us and, and uh making this a, an eventful friday night um i think i don't know if we need to do an introduction because you've been <laughs> here before and, you know everybody knows knows your your amazing youtube channels and the amazing content oh have. yeah your your uh, channels are
0: amazing people,
1: they they that's, really are
0: that's how that's how i got to know you will
1: i was like Holy shit who is this
0: guy? Cuz you know you, you were cut kind of in that Zero World so I'd be watching these yeah. videos and yeah like there's nothing like having some character in our, our profession, and yeah, your videos are awesome. They really well are blame
2: it on the day, 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 day job for uh, creativity to come out that direction.
0: <laughs> to say, you know, I found out you're really an accountant. I didn't believe you at first.
2: Yeah, you know, uh, I could I could share the story of how I got there, but uh, it's it's an it, it was an interesting journey to to get to the point of creating the YouTube videos that I got myself into for my practice, and I just had a lot of fun. It was, uh, it was a ton it of shows.
0: Fun. It shows it's like, it's almost has the air of a late night talk show. You know, the guy that goes out on the street with the mic and, and talks to people. <laughs> well,
1: I, just, I, it I, has personality, right? Which like so many YouTube videos generically lack, but especially when you get into accounting, right? Like they just, yeah, let's talk about, <laughs> let's talk about <laughs> value pricing. <laughs> yeah.
0: Let's talk just, about being a trusted advisor, right?
1: Yeah. I mean,
2: you know, what was really interesting was, you know, I, I got myself into YouTube videos because I was, I had a, an employee of mine, um, at advisor who pretty much became a millionaire in like nine months doing YouTube videos. Um, he was a staff accountant of mine, no joke, came into the office one day and said, "Will, there's these YouTube channels that like you open kid toys and they get millions of views. I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to give it a shot. So Please tell I said, me it's not
1: Ryan's toy review. <laughs> no, it was
2: not. It was not. That would be amazing. Um, although I couldn't hire Ryan to work for us. Because maybe <laughs> yeah. like the age. It could
1: have been his, it could have been his father, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
2: But he came in. I said, well, give it a shot. You know, if you need, you know, I was, I'm extremely entrepreneurial. So like, hey, give it a shot. If you want to edit during, you know, office hours, that's fine too. Like, I really don't care. And so I kind of helped him out a little bit. And after about six months, his channel blew up. And, uh, he was out in like two months later, (laughs) but I'm still in touch with him. Now I do his taxes, (laughs) you know, (laughs) it, it totally turned around. Um, but then he encouraged me to do some, some kid, uh, like, uh, toy opening uh, videos with my oldest. And that's how I got into it. And then kind of learned the craft a little bit and started pivoting over to my channel. And what's a fun fact on YouTube is, the the amount of money that you can make per 1000 views for for videos that speak to finance and accounting are like 10 times the amount that, let's say kid channels make because there's just more money behind it. And a lot of, you know, banks and financial institutions, they just throw advertising dollars behind these like finance and and accounting uh, videos.
0: You hear that everyone, there's money
1: to be made.
2: There's money to be made on YouTube. So Um,
1: outside of like yourself, and Hector, who are sort of the ones we all know, what are some great accounting channels that that you've come across in the accounting and finance space?
2: Yeah, you know, uh, I got to define great here because I think there's <laughs> a lot of, <laughs> I think there's a lot of good channels and I love Hector's channel, kudos to Hector. He got that 100,000,
1: yeah. Uh, awesome.
2: yeah, that 100,000 uh, uh, medallion that they send. Um, and I would say his is probably top of my list personally. Well, it's um, it's
0: like the number one accounting channel in was it Slovenia or something? <laughs> like he's known the world around. I have clients that have said, "Do you know Hector Garcia?" I watch all his videos. That's yeah. they learn from him, and they yeah. find out you actually know him, and you go drinking with them and stuff. They <laughs> it, it goes a long way. It scored me a client once. Yeah, True story. exactly exactly
2: <laughs> um so i love his channel uh there were a few others i mean i know blake got into it a little bit blake oliver started doing a little bit of youtube and he kind of fell off uh doing you know obviously moved to doing the, blogs, podcast, the podcast obviously yeah yeah i mean i would say it's really hard to find some good youtube content um i think lauren did some some great uh youtube content um, Lauren uh lauren i want to say her last name's wilson nio carter La- Ray, she laura doesn't radio. laura uh could be
1: laura
0: lynn laura lynn i think is her okay name.
1: Oh,
2: laura
0: lynn, uh, yeah. yeah and nio is, is a natural yeah she is so good in front of the camera she's made for for the camera
1: yeah really totally <laughs> so i've been told i have a face for radio <laughs> 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 well
2: you have a voice for radio <laughs>
0: <laughs> but
2: yeah nio's channel is amazing um there are very few channels that really speak to me around accounting, but those are the few that do it. Now, my personality is just so out there, extremely extroverted. And so sometimes when people create content, I'm like, oh, that was really good because I get bored easily. Yeah. And that's why I do the kind of videos I do. Cause I'm like, if, 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 if my client, if I'm bored with accounting, I could just imagine how my clients feel. <laughs> well,
1: I don't think, I don't think you're alone. I think all of us are bored with, with the content. Um, but it's, I think hard for myself, I can't speak for everyone to, and I'm a relatively creative accountant. I, right. I, I find it hard to come up with that creativity and uh, l- let alone have the, the knowledge and the skills and the tools for those people that want to like build a creative YouTube channel. Do you have any suggestions or tips on how to one, maybe learn the tools and maybe any suggestions on tools that you like that you use? And two, where to get creative ideas for how to be different from everyone else out there?
2: You know, I, um, I really, really love the journey I, I took because I would have never imagined learning the kind of skill set I have now for editing videos. And it's really paid off, you know, helping Gusto out and like tutorial videos and doing a lot of internal promotion videos and stuff like that. Um, I started on Apple's iMovie. I mean, it was really simple, simple as that. And iMovie really makes it easy for you to just splice clips, add, you know, images on top, you know, phase one clip to another. Um, And then I ended up upgrading after about a year and a half to Final Cut Pro, which was basically iMovie on steroids. Um, Same layout, same feel. So you feel like you're not getting like thrown into something completely different. So the layout is extremely the same. And so I would recommend just going that route. You know, iMovie's installed in every single iPad, iPhone, Mac yeah. computer, and you could start there. Um, and then my, I mean, my personal take on pretty much every video that I do is just do whatever you want. Um, throw the playbook out the window. Don't look at anybody else's content. Approach it with your personality. Whatever you want to say, say it. Whatever you want to do, do it. Idea. If it's crazy, then go for it uh, you know, I think it took me a long time to kind of find my style, um, with, and I played around a lot. So I think if you look at my channel, I was just messing around, trying to figure out what my style was and, um, you know, and it ended up landing on, on things that could probably cause seizures at some point, (laughs) but, you know, it's just figure out who you are and don't be shy to, you know, edit something that, may make you blush a
1: little bit, but you'll
2: have fun. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: I guess that's, that's really the sign of a good content is what it makes you blush a little bit. Right.
2: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I I mean, my wife tells me all the time, like, I don't know what I'm going to do with all these videos of you out there.
3: (laughs) You're you're
0: natural though. You really are like to me. um, You know, I can see some videos that aren't edited at all and it shows your videos look like they don't need a ton of editing because you just seem so natural in there that you just get the cuts you need. Is that, is that true? Do you have a lot of takes? It doesn't seem like you would. You just um, seem so comfortable in front of the camera. It just seems to evolve. It's, I don't know. It, I look at really it. I natural.
1: Go, there's a lot of editing in there. And that's what I, no, I, go, but in I, the I can sense tell that, the effort that's been put in. No,
0: no, but th- 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 I, I know what you're saying there, but it seems you just seem so natural in front of the camera. Some videos you can tell they're getting cut because, right. you know, they're they're just so it feels like it, but you seem really comfortable in front of the camera. And that that shows because not everyone is. It's taken me a while to get used to it. Andrew, <laughs> first time he handed me a mic in San Jose, I was like, what? Turn that camera off. No, I don't want anyone get this see away me, from right? me. <laughs> yeah, it it takes a while, and you just you're natural in front of the camera. It yeah. That's for sure.
2: Well, I mean, I, well, appreciate it. Thank you, and I think you guys are as well. Um, I, you know, I think in the beginning, I had a lot of takes because I was really trying to hard to fold into a script, into something that I may have thought I had in mind, and I was really trying to force it. Almost every single one of my videos, I'm, I'm almost always ad-libbing, and I'm just saying whatever comes to mind. Uh, sometimes I say the same thing two or three times, you know, just differently, and I just take the best cut based on, okay. like, the story I'm trying to tell, but I just get in front of the camera, and I just go at it. So, like, one that I had a lot of fun with that I had no script whatsoever and just had a lot of fun editing was uh, when Expensify, when they rolled out their Expensify This Video right? And uh, with 2 chains, And so they rolled out a huge music video with 2 chains, And um, I decided, oh, you know what? There was like a ton of Illuminati stuff in there. So I did Illuminati this, uh, everything that Expensify doesn't want you to know. And so I just had a ton of fun with it. I was just saying bunch of random stuff, you know, totally tongue in cheek, very sarcastic and just had fun editing it. And what was hysterical was a lot of people commented very negatively on that video. And they were like, you're falling into it. See, you're you're trying to downplay this whole thing. The Illuminati does exist. And I'm like, guys, like, you really i was just having I was,
0: some fun here. I was just having some fun. Like, <laughs> Don't you're not take it so seriously. To, yeah,
2: like all satire. What's going on but thanks here? Thanks for the comment. That helps my trend. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I, I think if you just walk into it Nothing in mind, just say whatever comes to mind. the po- The power of that is you're not live; you could just yeah. edit, yeah. right? And Don't so, like you know, to your to your point, um, Drew or Andrew, um, you know, a lot of my videos are edited and they're spliced, and some of it is like very just quick action, a lot of zoom in, zoom outs, and a lot of that's just intentional. It's just to kind yeah. of keep like you visually engaged keep,
1: and the energy, right? Yeah, yeah,
2: and keep the energy up. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, it's just walk into it and just do whatever you want.
1: Yeah. And, and it's, I, good, I love it's that.
0: good advice because you want it to be natural or else we're going to sound like accountants. Right.
1: Yeah. And-, and I love that idea of like, Hey, find some, something that's relevant to the industry. That's, you know, whether it's an interesting article to you or something that's popular in the industry right now, and just give your two cents on it whatever those two cents may be right and like that's a great way I think to spur that creativity is because I I find with myself sometimes you're like okay what what am I gonna do a video on I don't even know like right what what do you find interesting right now go out and look at and I love how like I was watching some of your earlier videos today and how you were like you know you go through and you comment the videos and then you go and look stuff up just like and it, it, it shows us like in five minutes what like it's almost like a little snapshot of your day. Like I saw this video, is that really true? And then you go, you search it Um, (laughs) and and it tells yours are great about the way they sort of tell a story, right?
2: Yeah, Um, that's exactly right. And I, and I think that was the style that I, I learned about myself was I I just kind of love telling stories. And sometimes I, I would see footage throughout the day, or I'd be surfing on YouTube and I'm like, wow, that was really strange. And I would look things up. And sometimes I would just block out sometimes uh, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, 60 minutes of my day. And I would kind of go through that routine I did during the day um, with the camera on my, my screen recording and just kind of like let my personality unleash. Um, and I would just slap it together. But a lot of it is very much so storytelling. You know? um, and, and and for a mo- majority of like the recommendation of app videos that I did, much of that was really purposeful in the sense of I wanted my personality to come out in my recommendations. So you know, I think when we recommend technology as accountants to clients, many times I know people take it very seriously and it's like, I just want to pick the best thing for my client. but other times, it's it's about like what you just enjoy. Like I like this app better than this other one, and that's just the end of it. I don't have to justify myself. Um, and here's my recommendation. And so a lot of it was just trying to let my personality and my you know my style of consulting just show on video, mm-hmm. which is so much
1: easier said than done. Totally. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I would love to have that that ability to just create like you do. It just seems, like I say it seems so natural. I I've I'm getting more comfortable, but there was a time, like I said, you put the video on a video camera. I mean, I'd scurry, right? I'd get that thing <laughs> yeah. out of my face. I think a lot of people but,
2: scurry.
1: But it's yeah. one of those things, the more you do it, the more you're comfortable. Yeah, totally. It's like everything, yeah. right? Like so I love that. And that's one of the things I know Hector always preached is just like you just don't do need it. to buy the fancy equipment and the latest thing, just get there and do something and get it out there and build iteratively and just get better and better. Cause the more you do it, the better you get, the more you're going to learn about your own personality and understand what you like about what you do and what you don't do. Um, I think that that's key. One thing is I know you're saying, you know, you would sit down for about an hour mm-hmm. and shoot a video. There's gotta be at least another hour on top of that in editing you know, how much time would you budget to put together like a five minute long video?
2: Yeah, you know, depending on the like aggressive visual watch <laughs> that I would try to deliver. Um, I rolled out a series called two minute tax tips and two minute tech tips and all this kind of stuff. And they were like, at, in the end, maybe three to four minutes long um, because they would have an intro and outro and all that kind of stuff. Those videos, I actually, I shot in under 10 minutes. So many times I would pre-create these slides and I would just go, I would hack at it and there would probably be like four or five slides tops. And it's just like very pointed content. And I would, and I would just talk about that. I would record it in 10 minutes. I would pro- it would probably take me maybe 30 to 45 minutes to edit uh, that three or four minute video uh, because those videos are really straightforward. The more complicated ones that I did where there was a lot of visual effects uh, sometimes green screening, uh, many times, just like a lot of action going on in the video, those would take hours. So I would say like a five minute video would take me maybe three hours to edit, uh, or I'm sorry, a five minute video would take me three hours to edit. And, um, maybe time, you know, at times even four or five, mm-hmm. I think the Expensify one took me like eight. <laughs>
1: Cause you get into it, right. And you lose track of time because you're, you know, so into it. i Yeah, well, I I mean, I'm editing
2: and like watching it and I'm editing and I'm watching it and I'm going like back to the beginning, going four minutes in, trying to feel the story out and then I'm editing, editing, go back to the beginning, watch watch it again, feel the story out until I get to the finish line. I'm like, man, eight hours later.
0: So (laughs) when do you decide how complicated a video is going to be? Do you have a formula that you're going to use for a certain type of video and you're going to put more time into it or these little shorter ones? How do you decide- how much effort you put into a video?
2: Um, I kind of don't. I just kind of go on a whim. Um, okay. You know, I remember during the Super Bowl when that Expensify This video rolled out, I did a, I did one on that in, Intuit's um, Robo Child. And, um, and I think mine was like called Creepy Child or something like that. And that was like filled with green screen. That was probably 60 seconds long, just as long as the commercial that they had rolled out. And that had a lot of visual effects. That, that 60 seconds probably took me three hours because I was like really trying to play with it, messing with the audio to make it feel real. Um, and so it just depends on like what you want to try to do. I, I, I just wake up and I'm like, how am I feeling today? I'm just going to throw that at
1: my videos and go from there. And so I know that you're like, you know, obviously a very savvy businessman. You built a very successful practice. You're now head of accountant. gusto. Um, But there's obviously got to be an ROI behind you spending three hours um, into a five minute long video. You know, can you walk me through like, what is the ROI on the investing on investing into creating this stuff that it's not necessarily selling any product or service? It's just sort of building your personal brand. You know, why, why do you invest this time and energy into it? And what's the benefit that you get out of it?
2: Yeah, I would say at the time, um, 95% of our firm's leads actually came from YouTube. Uh, We would engage, a lot of people would schedule consultations with our firm um, and, and figure out what, you know, our service offering was. We received, you know, we received so much inbound inquiries to work with us of like, hey, I saw a YouTube video from Will. Um, really like your firm, which was really crazy. I'm like, that was the craziest video, and you like that? Like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> but I think what really resonated was I wasn't acting like an accountant, and I was I was someone who was approachable, um, and and I was not afraid to just let my personality be what it was. Right. Um, for some people, it was distasteful. For other people, it really resonated to me. It just really didn't matter. Uh, but we received a lot of clients online and I probably grew our firm, uh, by the time I came over to Gusto, our firm was growing at probably 20% year over year. And all of that was through YouTube. And so we would, we, and we would promote our affiliate links on our YouTube video where we'd get all sorts of just passive revenue from people signing up for apps that we would recommend, um, I still might. I think people still sign up through my AdvisorFi Gusto affiliate link. <laughs> I get emails to this day saying, you know, this practice booking, bookkeeping practice signed up for Gusto through your link, you know, and and <laughs> this this SMB signed up, you know, for Gusto through your link. People are still watching my videos, taking our rec- my recommendations, and they're signing up for pa- for that passive income, or at least on my side. So for me, the ROI was just trying to differentiate ourselves from our competitors and say, look, you know, we come at our clients very differently. Yes. We still do conventional accounting. There's really nothing new about cloud accounting. We still do it conventionally, but the way we approach it is quite different. Mm -hmm. Um, And then what was very helpful was when we, when we would create these videos, many times, a lot of those tips, those two minute tips, we would package them, turn, turn them into playlists and we would send them to our clients so like when the, I remember when the um, the the tax reform happened like four or five years ago, um, I created like a eight video, two minute tax tip playlist and kicked those out all to our clients. And we just got nothing but praise. And it saved my team a lot of work to try to explain what was going on in that tax reform. Um, and like, what were the meal and entertainment deduction updates, you know, what was this, what was that, uh, t- child tax credit, so on and so forth. Um, and it worked. I mean, it was it was a scalable, serviceable, deliverable that we that we had uh, given and created for our clients.
1: Right, and giving it to them in bite-sized, digestible—that's uh, the key. Right.
0: Yeah. Well, people have short attention span these days. Right? Absolutely.
1: Yeah, fifteen so seconds. Right. On TikTok yeah. is all you got.
0: Well, you could, yeah. Well, that's just it—the the TikTok generation. That's what it's all about. And uh, you know, Snapchat. It's like people just don't their attention spans have become so short. Yeah. I think that's both good and bad, you know, because you can spend a lot of time watching the videos all day. Right. Um I guess you just watch more of the little ones. Just yeah. one more, just one more. I don't do that, but I I know a lot of people that do. They get hooked. They say they'll go into TikTok, just check it out and they're there hours later.
2: Yeah. I remember sending a video that I made to a client and he responded back. Thanks for the video and the 15 other ones I watched of yours.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nice.
0: That's great feedback. Yeah.
1: When they go into that like YouTube rabbit uh, hole. Tunnel, right? like the a vortex. Hole. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, but that's I good. Mean, that's the intent, right? It's good to know that you hit the you hit them the mark.
1: And, and it's such an feedback. underutilized channel. Like it's the I second could... biggest search engine in the world, right? It is. And people yeah. will spend, you know, thousands of dollars on SEO and PPC and not a penny or a minute into building out a YouTube channel, which is this tremendous opportunity. And, you know, people like yourself and Hector have re- really recognized that and, um, and brought your personality to it, to, to be able to help you succeed and thrive. But uh, as, as I, I know I'm biased, cause I'm so excited by all this, you know, marketing genius that you ooze. <laughs> um, but I, I love, we should, you know, talk a little bit about um, gusto and, you know what you guys have got going on because it's it's been a while since i've had an update from you and you know i i I know we talked in the pre-show and you gave me a little hint that there is maybe and some some canadian rumors canadian rumors (laughs) (laughs) sometimes forget forget we are a canadian (laughs) (laughs) but what what have you been up to though since we had you on the show last and how's everything going at gusto what's new what's exciting
2: yeah, I remember when I was on the show last time, I was dropping hints to our, our, our now people advisory certification and offering. Um, the backstory here is, you know, I came to Gusto for that purpose. So it didn't make it really well known, uh, of course, because it was like a secret initiative. It was a presentation I delivered to the leadership at Gusto. Uh, when they came to me and they said, look, you know, we would love to differentiate ourselves, especially within the partner cr- program. We love accounts. We love bookkeepers, you know, and when we look at our competitors, what's different, right? And, you know, and I think Gusta was very sober about a lot of it. You know, we're, they're doing great stuff, but what really is different when you look at payroll? The only thing that's really advanced when it comes to payroll is it's gone from desktop to the cloud. Hooray. <laughs> you know, as so I was like, okay, great, and Wonderful. and it got worse
1: with with, with that. Yeah,
0: we were talking about that offline. The desktop versions of of the, the payroll packages are fantastic, and yeah. it, they didn't make they didn't make the transition to the cloud usually.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was literally payroll's been a three step journey: paper to desktop, desktop to cloud, and so really, I, I I wanted to come over and just be very disruptive about what we could potentially do. Um, I mean, for me, it was a once in a lifetime honor to roll out something like people advisory. We've been recognized. Gusto has been accredited as a being a category creator now in it. Um, And for me, you know, once again, at advisor five, my brain was always firing about what my practice could just do differently in. And I know the two of you know this really, really well for those who are literally living this, this practice, modern practice life you can really sense the nuances of practice life. And, and for me, the biggest nuance that I noticed, uh, which is why I joined Gusto is, you know, advisory services have come a long way and really been disruptive to the industry. So have technology. And so firms have bundled advisory work with technology and they turn technology into advisory, right? You become a technologist and you start doing all this recommendation work, but it's only really formed around the general ledger. And we all know there's other areas of the practice life that need advancing. And so for me, it was like an easy, you know, low hanging fruit to say payroll's always been like that top three, top five service for everybody. And, uh, and it can
0: be a major pain point in a lot of businesses, because tradi- be a- especially traditional payroll where, you know, here's a, they give you a, a spreadsheet full of numbers and yeah, you can just import that into the system, you know? Yeah. There's exactly. never that sort of just this, the sizzle that has come along with it.
1: Well, and then you also have all those headaches of like deadlines. And, oh, you can't and, screw up.
0: Payroll yeah, is and, so mission critical. Your
1: client's not getting your, your updates until the last minute. And like, it's stressful, right? Yeah, it At is. It can be, it can and be, if it
0: goes down, then you gotta, you know, people aren't going to get paid. There's so much pressure.
2: Yeah. And I mean, and that's, person. and that's a story of like, Hey, get away from things that cause that stress into things that automate that <laughs> like stress. <me>. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, gosso is an option. Other things are options that automate it, but really for me, it was like, okay, so what you go to a cloud solution, you still treat this solution or that you still treat this kind of compliance work as compliance. And you're really not having your voice shine in all of that. And I knew, I knew and I, I, I mean, looking back, I, I could tell you some, some, some sad stories of mine of like where I totally swung and missed on, on advisory moments around payroll, but payroll is riff of advisory. It is absolutely riff of advisory. Um, and it just, it, it, it took us a little creativity to think about what is the difference between this service and who you are. And I, I still believe that the profession is in, in an identity crisis, really. Um, we are still as professionals trying to figure out who we are in the midst of this whole thing. And like, where's our value lie is, you know, what's the difference between technology and me? Um, You know, how, how do I separate my value from that piece of app that, or that app that I recommend, right? And so, you know, for me, it's been really exciting to roll something like that out. And and spruce up, I think, some of the modern education as well because uh, the et- certification. I hired Jacqueline Anku from Zero. She was doing education over there, and when Zero like unwound their San, San Francisco office, I like I called her right away. I'm like, Hey, got a big project for you at, at Gusto. Let's go. <laughs> um, and what's good about it is it's not just like product training, which I personally hate in education. I'm like when education is uh, given to me, like, hey, we rolled out this certification, it's all product training. And I'm like, well, yeah. still, like, what is my value in that? Like, I don't, I don't know. Um, and so ours is a, ours has a combination of product training and then cash training or client advisory service training. That is what is your value when it comes to payroll? What is your value as it relates to benefits in HR? And how can you talk the talk? that makes it really clear to your client that your value is different than payroll compliance. Your value is different than benefits administration, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, for me, it was very exciting. And, um, you know, once in a lifetime privilege to actually roll out something like that.
1: Very cool. That's, that's really cool. To be honest, I, I think. That yeah. That's... Cause
0: I've never, I've never heard payroll really articulated that way. Payroll's like this necessary yeah. evil. Got to get people paid.
1: People don't take a payroll as advisory. I've
0: run payroll departments. I once had to do it by, by, well, almost by accident. Um, I was hired in this one company as the controller. Um, First day on the job, I had like a hundred phone calls on the voicemail that I need to check. So I went in there and it was like the tax authorities. (laughs) Will you please call me back? Will you call me back? Fourth attempt, fifth attempt. This is the banker calling. So I was like, oh, my God, what the hell did I get myself into? So (laughs) I I put a bunch of numbers together and I got the bank some numbers they asked for. And right away, they put us in forbearance. We were in violation of all our covenants. I was like, what covenants? You know, (laughs) and so one thing led to another and the investment group that had purchased the company through a leveraged buyout, they made a move and removed their president. And the president, um, his wife is payroll HR. So Mm. if you gotta get rid of the president, you gotta get rid of payroll HR. So they timed it so that they released him on payday. And then once they got the paychecks out to everyone that that Judith had done before she'd left, the, the board says, So Brad, have you ever done payroll? I'm like, what? And they said, Well, you got two weeks to figure it out. There's 25 people. And I'm like, what? You know? And I learned by figuring it out on my own just how important it not just how important it is but how important it is to take it seriously mm-hmm. so i had to onboard i had to that wasn't just saying oh here sign here sign here sign here i want to put you into our system i had a whole process worked out right sit down with a new employee i would do a little mini onboarding and and lead them into the importance of you know getting into this organization right but also capturing the payroll information properly right because right. It's it's so like I see so many people mess up payroll because they're not really sure what they're doing. But when you go into this holistic view that, you know, not only do I want to do the payroll, but I want to be really good at the payroll. And I want my employees to appreciate the fact they're going to get their tax forms on time and everything they expect from me is going to be taken care of. I'm going to deduct. right amount i'm going to make sure anything that they they request is done because payroll really is it's it's important so important to an organization and so when you when you talk about teaching your clients kind of that value beyond just the compliance of yeah you have to do it it's a necessary evil but you know what you can do it really well and kind of build it into your corporate culture in many ways because if an employee is feeling pretty good about being there and the payroll HR function is a huge part of that. Mm-hmm. It's a big part of any business. But if you can't stay on top of it and you're screwing it up, um, you know, I, I had to clean up this one payroll where they had been, um, they over-deducted horribly Oof. all their tax. So we have, a, I don't know if it's like in the U.S., but in Canada, you hit a maximum and when you hit the maximum for for um, the pension and the employment premiums, you don't have to pay anymore. There's a, a right. maximum, but they didn't do that, so they kept they going kept and holding. they kept deducting, because <laughs> they didn't they didn't set up the payroll system right. So that it's normally it'll stop you. It'll say, no, you're done for the year. You don't have to deduct anymore, but they didn't. Well, you know, so I figured it out. And I said, you know what, we owe employees a lot of money. Well, luckily right. we tied it up right before Christmas, so all these people got you know, thousands of dollars basically refunded back to them and not thousands, but there's there's a lot hmm. in some cases. But then what did that do? The Canadian Revenue Agency so our version of the IRS came along and, hey, what the hell just happened? Oh, they, oh, no, they, they got me <laughs> on the phone and said, dude, what what's going on here? What happened? And hmm. luckily, I just, I told them the story and they said, okay, that's, that makes sense. Yeah. You know, thanks for catching that. We appreciate it. I actually, they were about to audit us but when i explained oh no they screwed it up i fixed it and don't worry we're good but that just goes to show you had all these employees that were having all this extra money taken away who knows how it was causing them struggle in their day-to-day existence they didn't know right Right. they're just getting their paycheck and they don't know if it's right or wrong most people don't look at their stubs but i guess it, it, it made a world of difference to actually come clean and say hey everyone sorry here's here's this money but then right away people are like is this is this going to happen every year you know it's a source of potential is this a new
1: christmas bonus (laughs) yeah well
0: it was it was pretty great timing for a lot of people because honestly probably 80 percent of the staff of my client had no idea this was coming so you know the last paycheck before christmas they got you know it was like a bonus
1: yeah
0: but it shouldn't happen
1: yeah lots of mess ups and that's the downside of uh, of payroll. But I guess the, the, the thing, like what I think is so interesting is, and this is something Michael Lee is obviously big on is when you think about payroll, it lends itself right into HR, um, right. which is, I, I'm a, I'm, I, I don't know anything about your uh, program, but I'm going to guess that HR becomes a big ad- advisory component. Is that what, where you sort of tie the payroll to advisory or what are they, what are the areas in which, payroll is tied into advisory in this advisory program. Can you give us some like sneak peeks, little hints at, at what the program's about?
2: Yeah, I mean, the, the, the certification or being what, what we're calling a people advisor is actually bigger than Gusto. Mm-hmm. So offering people advisory, being a people advisor is bigger than Gusto. Um, and here's why. Um, when you're an advisor in general, it's, it's always bigger than the solutions that you use. And it's also always bigger than the compliance tools that you use to make sure that your clients stay compliant. Because right. when you, that's what makes our profession so unique and especially those who really lean in on the consultative side of things. Um, people advisory or people advisors as a whole, they focus on helping clients build a great culture and they leave handling compliance to the solutions that they do now don't get me wrong you can absorb that compliance you could say i can do that compliance for you but that is not my end all be all as far yes. as like what my firm is so that's you, table stakes that's table stakes that's always been table stakes and i think where our profession really struggles is they're in unable to distinguish their own personal value from that solution. So here you are saying, you know, here we are saying, Hey, I'll do your payroll compliance. If things, you know, F up, I'm going to come in and save the day. You're
0: allowed to use the F word on. Right. 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 Okay. Right. Uh, yeah, you there you go. For all for you. The <laughs> <for> you.
2: <laughs> you know, and, and, it, and it, if it happens, I'm the hero. So what happens in that transaction, right? The client just sees you as the, the person they see you as the help. Pretty much, they don't see you. They see you as an expert at resolving the issue, not an expert at at making business decisions and driving greater value. And you're Uh, then
1: just a commodity, right? Like it's just who can do this the cheapest. Correct. And I think that's why
2: that's that's what's happening is you know you end up commoditizing your own expertise, your own humanity. You end up commoditizing it. And so for us, people advisors really just help clients find HR resources, right? Such as Gusto's concierge plan. They, but ultimately they focus on the client, help them create a great place to work. Um, and then uh, that that really benefits the business and the employees. So we, in our certification, distinguish Gusto's value from your value and and really show like it. there's a chasm between Gusto's value and your value. And the, what you need to do as a professional is just rise up to your value and realize that Gusto doesn't, rule the day here. You're the one that's ruling the day and you're the one that's really guiding that business. And so if you focus on your clients and you focus on their team, you can then start using technology, compliance work, reporting and analytics to help deliver that consultation and analysis. Because at the end of the day, and here's how I tie the line. I'm, I, I'll give you a simple example that I, I give all the time, but I had a client that was in San Francisco And uh, he was actually one of my first clients when I went cloud-based. He found us on Wave Accounting. Um, He was doing Salesforce implementation, super successful. Obviously living and doing a business in San Francisco is not for the faint of heart, super expensive. And he knew it. Um, Market over there in the talent market is extremely competitive. And I remember back in 2017, this was like two years before I came over to Gusto. He had spent like half a million dollars on recruiting fees. And every, and and every person he hired, no joke, no joke. I mean, I remember this conversation vividly because by the end of it, I mean, he was like, I don't even know what to do. But every single person he hired during that year left three months later because the talent market was so hot over there. And it's like, he just couldn't retain staff or they were like using his business as a springboard. Yeah, the ladder goes like this, right? Yeah, totally, totally. And so I remember on a call, his name is OJ, and I was like, he was like, "Will, what do I even do? I don't even know what to do." And looking back, which was like the the like the seed that brought me to something to People Advisory, I remember telling him, acting like a total accountant, because I didn't have the skill set to really distinguish that that moment versus what my profession has conventionally, you know, traditionally trained me in. And I said, well, I think probably the only option you have is like find a cheaper <laughs> recruiter, right? And uh, and maybe kind of figure out what's going on with your team. And that was the extent of my advice. And I look back now and really think, man, I really missed out on that opportunity. Yeah. And that was really the impetus to people advisory in my mind. I remember being in front of Gusto leadership saying, you know, the profession has as has long spun its wheels around the general ledger, it needs to start bringing people, it needs to put a face to the financials, really. It needs to get better, and I need to get better at recognizing not just the business owner, but the team as well. Um, Gusto has like a, a rise initiative, uh, which is like a representation, inclusion, social, social equity, um, and, and so on and so forth. And I look at even accounting services as an opportunity to do uh, you know, inclusion and diversity. Uh, when we as accountants engage our clients, who are we mainly talking about and who are we mainly really caring about? Always the owner, yeah. right? And it's always the owner in mind. And you never in your consultation, very rarely do you ever think about the employee because your consultation, your recommendation, your analysis, not only unpacks that business owner, but it's also downstream as well. And so, you know, the employees have to handle the solutions that you recommend. The employees feel the pinch of trying to help your client save dollars on benefits. And because something like People Advisory didn't exist before we launched it, the pro had no opportunity to really connect the dots to say, is that decision making the team happier? And if the team is not happy, they're less productive, they're bound to leave. And then drives up expense, lowers margin, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so it was really just a way to say, whoa, we're really not thinking about people the way we should be when we consult our
1: clients. Right. Because we know that you got to start with the, you know, the user and then the staff and then the owner. But yet as accountants, we've been trained to go the opposite direction, focus on the owner. And then maybe the employees and never even really the end customers.
2: Yeah. I wouldn't even say maybe, I would say almost never the employees.
0: And the employees are the ones that are going to be the major source of friction because they're the ones that feel most threatened by the change. They're the ones that are going to be the bosses. The owner's just signing the check. He's going to get buy-in, but I have found some of the toughest projects I've worked on. The owner's super excited. They're all ready to go. And then you run into, say, the bookkeeper, the accountant, the accounts payable, whatever, and they don't want you account. there, and <laughs> they work against you. They'll, they tr- they'll try and trip you up. We we actually had to let somebody go because she just couldn't get around the fact that things were changing. We were going to a new system. We were going to do things a new way. She had built her own little fiefdom within that organization, and she felt threatened by it. So we, we kind of failed at getting through to her. I think that we, we could have got her to buy into the system. Had we used kid gloves instead we just, you know, rammed it down her throat, you know, it's our way of the highway and, and yeah. it never worked. It never worked. So yeah. it cost them that we had to recruit, we had to go out and not only really let her go, but find somebody and all that time it took forever to complete. The and, and here's,
2: house. here's the truth is I think the profession has, has, thinks it's at an apex of its like evolutionary life cycle. And I, you know, I think we all understand that being a better professional, being a better advisor is not a destination. It's a journey. Right. And so I, you have to, I remember looking at myself in the mirror when, when I had the thought of people advisory saying people advisory is actually coming out of my own flaws. It's coming out of my (laughs) own deficiencies. It's an opportunity that I, when I was looking in the mirror saying, I am not the accountant I think I was, and I'm not the advisor I hoped I would be. And, you know, I need to look at other areas of my business and really give my client the real chance that they deserve. And here I am thinking I have it all figured out when I really didn't. Um, (laughs) And so, and that's okay. And and so, you know, coming over to Gus, I was like, I'll help the profession build it. And I'll help you distinguish that value to say, now you can actually roll out something like CAS along payroll and and be able to like differentiate yourself from the solution versus the specialist.
1: Yeah. And I love that this story story started with a client that you got from Wave because we have a special guest who's actually just now, uh,
3: who I know you- The (laughs) R-Dog. what's up hey, Ryan. i'm crashing the party
1: He's crashing the party and i know I'm you guys have a lot of history yeah, you,
3: guys you guys have were total
1: history you guys were both really really early adopters into the cloud and both of you were 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 um early adopters of wave accounting uh you know kudos to a canadian um success bought out by uh h&r block, H&R block. Uh, if you own shares in that you did pretty well um but you guys were early adopters and and Uh, I think, was was Wave one of the first cloud accounting tools that you guys both really bought into?
2: Well, I mean, I remember meeting Ryan.
1: It was was I I don't know how I met him. I think I was
2: like Googling. And I was like, who is this guy up in Canada? And I think Ryan can attest. I think it was, the cloud was obviously wild, wild west back then, right? Like 2011. And I think we were all just excited about what we were doing. We were trying to find voices out there I'd be like, what are you doing? I don't know. What am I doing? This is what I'm yeah. doing. What are you doing? Like, what are the best practice
1: tips that you have? I and think Ryan how. and Chad were the only Canadians doing yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I pretty think much. Ryan's
0: business was the first one I ever found on Google. You know, yeah. cloud accounting, Zen accounting, the X, you know, Zero and Zen. And it, yeah, it was pretty cool. Like you, you guys were pioneers. There's no doubt about it.
2: Well, you know, I mean, Ryan just crushed it out there, right? Flipping, selling a business, starting his own, you know, podcast and everything. I mean, Ryan's incredible.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, uh, we go down memory lane here, right, guys? Like we all kind of go back many years and, um, you know, I met Will in the wave days. uh, No clue who who he was until we got on this call and we were doing like this, beta test or something like that with 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 wave where they just said look we have like all these leads we can give you we just need to oh send gosh. them somewhere like how many leads do you want or like how many leads could we have they're like unlimited how many are like can you handle twenty thousand a month we're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> we're yeah, like, like sure
1: like- but i'm gonna move them all over to zero <laughs> <laughs> the
3: problem was the leads were later good, though i think will had some success with them but the leads i, I was getting were just really really not good whatsoever but um but yeah i mean it was fun times back then we were all kind of figuring it out and and um yeah i think you know the first system i started with when i started my firm um i don't know if you guys know cashew Mm -hmm. yeah out of vancouver i was like a cashew only firm when i launched
1: cashew (laughs) cashew
3: cashew yeah Ah. and like the first like networking meeting i went to the first first person i spoke with i said like online accounting they're like well, why don't we use zero? I'm like, all right, let's try it out. And then from that moment onward, it was zero. So, and that, and then, you know, that led me to Will and, you know, um, Brad and Andrew, you know, obviously we crossed paths as well, but- uh, At a QuickBooks yeah. conference, no less. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Same Actually, with Chad.
0: First, I had no idea who Ryan. any of you were. I didn't know who any of you guys were. It's did, just, did you have a disguise, zero? Ryan? Like, <laughs> like a
2: mustache and like one of those glasses. It's your I think you are handing head. out
1: cupcakes, weren't you? <laughs> Yeah. swag yeah. yeah no i remember the first time i actually met ryan it was it wasn't a, a qbo or a zero conference it was at a wave conference i don't know if you remember that was it wave
3: oh yeah, yeah. You remember know on what?
1: that on the patio they had that office downtown
3: yeah yeah um
1: that was the first time i think i met you and chad said, Well, chad wasn't there it was, i met josh okay um and it was talking to you guys Um, I was like, "Holy shit! I've missed the fucking boat. I'm like way behind." (laughs) This was like 2017 or something like that. It was relatively wasn't an
3: accountants council, perhaps.
1: No, it wasn't. It was. It was just a. It was just a networking night that they'd had, um, and it was on the rooftop patio, and they had like a band in the back. I don't know if Mm -hmm. that rings a bell. I'm sure you went to a number of them. You're like, yeah, yeah,
3: I don't. I don't recall that one actually. (laughs) Yeah. Of
2: course you did You were drinking
3: a lot. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say, how
0: <laughs> no. are you drinking, Ryan? Yeah,
3: <laughs> look, look, this is what I'm drinking. I have a bottle of water. Yeah, now. what's yeah, in this there? Is what's up? So crazy.
0: Yeah. I hear you. That's yeah. quite, so I I remember coming to, to
2: Ryan about people advisory I I, I super appreciated his opinions, and uh, it was it was a good time. It was like a good gut check to be like, here's what I'm creating. What do you think?
3: <laughs> yeah, it was great.
2: Yeah, uh, and he was like, I don't know. <laughs> a lot of people told me, like, I don't know. I'm like, yeah, I don't know either, but <laughs> I think it'll work. <laughs> but I'm yeah,
1: rolling with it.
3: <laughs> yeah, we I pushed back quite a bit, like, when you yeah, first you told did. me about it, when you were telling me about your thought process. And I've always really respected Will's uh, view on the industry and very, very forward thinking. There's a lot of things that I've borrowed from him over the years, you know, so and vice versa, always. by the way. <laughs> yeah. So like, uh, when he told me about it, I thought it was great. And um, yeah, I did a podcast episode about it. And yeah. Um, so I thought it was a great idea. But Speaking of which, back, I really
2: appreciated your perspective on that podcast. I thought it was awesome.
1: <laughs> that pushback and that dialogue is key to like elevating the idea, though, right? It's it like was. being able to have those people that you can turn to in the community whose input you respect um, and hear their side of it because there may be things, obviously, that you haven't thought through uh, or that they just have a different perspective on and, and getting that insight and that input from uh, peers. Like, is that's but they're also like going to push you like you do community. it.
0: Yeah, like Andrew, and you kept me up till five in the morning once and made me feel uncomfortable over and over and over again. I woke up the next day going, I suck, but I appreciated every minute of it because I got some, you know, a lot of tidbits, a lot of things to think about. Uh, 5 a.m. <laughs> it was 7 a.m. Toronto time. So put it in perspective.
1: Yeah. We, we yeah, basically I mean, stayed it's always up good all
0: idea. night.
2: And I, you know, I was, was always conscientious. It. I was always conscientious about being in an echo chamber. Like, you know, obviously we all think very alike and we all care about our profession. And uh, I mean, I, I, I always appush, appreciate the, the pushback because yes,
0: that's you know, at the end go. of the day,
2: when you're like going out on an edge like that, and I mean, quite honestly, I could have delivered something that made Gusto the laughingstock of Gusto and I'd be out of there, right? Yes. So, you know, um, taking risks, you you can't validate leadership in many senses. You know, I think Andrew, Brad, you guys are like, you can't validate your own leadership, Ryan. you can't validate your own leadership. Um, And when we do things that are, and for anybody who's watching, when you're doing things that really are outside the norm, a lot of that scares people off. Um, And so you should just kind of like grind with it and even get some voice of reason outside of your own mind to like speak to it. So,
1: Well, and on that note, a question for you is like, because obviously with so many ideas that are outside the box, you're going to get everyone going, no, this is a stupid idea. Where do you go rein in the positive feedback on, you know, Hey, this is, this is, you know, this needs this, that, and the other, as opposed to like, that's just a stupid idea. Like, how do you, how do you rein in and go like, no, I know I'm committed to this direction. I'm going to take input here and absorb it. And like, what do you tune in and what do you tune out when you have those conversations with idea that's outside the box
2: i mean i'd love to hear your thoughts ryan but i think for for what we were doing around for for our people advisory initiative along with jacqueline Anku, we were um you know there's enough research out there for us to 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 frame something right to say there really is a lot of need for accountants and and accounting professionals to better understand advisory right um ryan i actually just reread uh, your like ultimate guide, the definitive guide to CAS, right? And so you know it's it's still elusive of a, of a concept, and you know for us we were creating basically the framework, and we were bouncing the framework off a lot of pros, who got it right. And so it's all Wayne Gretzky, thank you so much. It's about skating to where the puck is going, and sometimes you just got to get out there, and you don't have everything figured out, but you kind of like as you're skating. You're putting the frame together and you're build measure learning even in like modern advisory work. So we were along the way, building it, validating it with those who got it. Those who we understood were, were along with us in skating to where the puck was going. And we're kind of listening and taking the suggestions of detractors. Um, but understanding that the detractors for the most part are the ones that are the professionals that are hard to let go they're like trying to hold on to where the profession has been at for a long time and so you just kind of got to take it with a grain of salt
1: mm-hmm. well you yeah.
0: got us so so we were talking about canada earlier why don't you give us a little lowdown on on gusto's plans for canada
2: well i know ryan's always emailing me going like when's gusto <laughs> coming to canada?
0: yeah
1: we're all yeah, like
2: I'll, please yes
1: please. i'll email you too <laughs>
2: Well, I mean, uh, I mean, we're doing a beta right now um, with select partners around some subcontractor work up in Canada. Uh, we're also considering some U.S. territories as well, but nothing on the roadmap. And now I know what roadmap really means when you're in a fintech <laughs> company. <laughs> um, and so personally, I want to do it really, really bad. And so I'm lobbying pretty hard for it and, and really pushing for it. I think Gusto will get to a place where, you know, I think if we, if we do expand it, it should be Canada. And I hope it is.
3: Don't forget about Quebec. What's that? (laughs) We'll forget about Quebec. Of course. (laughs) We all forget about Quebec. Don't
1: say that. That's going to discourage them. They're like, I have to deal with two completely different tax systems just to go to one country. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah, (laughs) Do the rest of Canada
0: first.
2: (laughs) Well, I was going to say, I mean, your taxes, Canadian tax systems are a lot easier than down here.
1: (laughs) So Yeah. you know,
2: it'll be a breeze for the most part.
1: Yeah. I guess that, yeah, there's not nearly as many different States to worry about. Right.
2: It's atrocious down here.
1: <laughs> yeah. But Ryan, how about you, man? It's, it, it's been too long. I, I I mean, obviously I'm seeing all the great content that you're putting out there. Uh, looks like you're, you're doing some pretty amazing things. Mm-hmm. You know, how is, uh, how is COVID treating you and, and, and your family and, and your business? What's what's new and exciting.
3: Yeah. I mean, everything's look, uh, everything's good. Um, big change when I sold my firm, obviously. Uh, but that was, you know, almost two years ago now, uh, or a little bit over two years, actually. So um, had a, our first child about eight months oh, ago. So congratulations. Really, yeah, thank you. Been really, really enjoying that. that has been great. Changes but,
0: everything, doesn't it?
3: It does. Yeah, I'm, I'm loving it. And, um, you know, uh, the work from home is not, I've been working from home the last few years, but really happy to be present, uh, really enjoying the family life. Right. And, um, yeah, I've been running a future firm. Um, you know, the idea when I started future firm was just to help other firm owners through their journey. You know, when I started my firm, I had no clue what I was doing. I had to learn everything from scratch, from marketing, to sales, to pricing mm-hmm. to, you know, everything in between. And, um, you know, uh, I had no support resources. Like my support resources back then was like, Will, you know, or I yes. speak to Chad from time to time. Or, you know, like we'd ask, like, what are you doing here? What are you doing there? Or according to Nicole really... McKenzie, your underground DJ days. The, yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah,
0: I saw that, was that before comment. I was supposed to ask you about your underground DJ days.
3: Yeah, you, you might be able to find some stuff on Google or YouTube. <laughs> that was like <laughs> go find years that. ago.
0: Andrew, <laughs> yeah. get on it. Andrew, Andrew's our, he, he does yeah, the background I'll, work on our guests. Yeah? He knows yeah. things about our guests that they forgot about. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, how did you find that?
3: <laughs> she yeah I don't know we we it came up in conversation I think at uh at ZeroCon so yeah she's got the she's got the deets on that but uh <laughs> but um but yeah I mean look business is good and uh, the point of Future Firm is really just to help other firm owners avoid a lot of the pitfalls that people make in their journey to running a, a you know a more scalable modern accounting firm and uh, I launched Future Firm Accelerate just about two weeks ago now, which is an online coaching program complete with online courses and uh, on a variety of topics that help give insight into some of the areas that firm owners struggle with. So I um, have about 110 members in there already since, uh, since, uh, since launching. So I've been having it's a lot a of fun group. with that kind of model.
0: No, it's, it's great. It it's the sharing, it's great. the sharing community, you know, the communities out there. Yeah. People love to learn and they love to share. They really do that. You, you get so much value out of our communities. And the great thing is, yeah, you guys come from the zero space. We come from the QuickBooks space, whatever. It doesn't mean a thing. Yeah. Those are just tools we've chosen to use. Um, The, the concepts behind it are all the same. We it's just that famous line,
1: right? Fall in love with the problem, not the solution. It's, exactly. Yeah. We, we all agree that the, the issue is the same. How yes. we've chosen to solve it, we chose different tools, but we all saw the same issue out there, mm-hmm. um, and and I think it's so amazing what you are doing with Feature Firm, and yes. because there wasn't that help out there in, the, in those early days, and there was so much trial and error to like, mm-hmm. for all of us who who built our practices in those early days, it was trial and error. There was only one way to figure it out was to try it out and see if it worked. If it didn't work, you would try something else. Right. So throwing a lot of past at the wall to see what would stick and to have the insights of people like you, um, with people advisory and helping people learn how to become advisors and coaches and with future firm learning how to like build a firm from the ground up, which like, think how lucky, people who are now graduating and entering the market are, they don't need to have a lick of overhead. Once they got their designation, they can build and launch a complete practice, have it up and running, offering advisory services, coaching, um, tax, bookkeeping, all with like high margin, high recurring revenue, great profitability. And yet people still don't wanna become accountants.
2: Yeah. Ryan, I'm curious. Uh, t- t- tell me, tell us more a little bit about the, like the framework of your accelerator. Like, how are you approaching it? How, are, yeah. how is everyone doing in it? Yeah. Um, are th- So you started it two weeks ago. Does that two mean you actually ago. launched it with, with uh, professionals inside of it two weeks ago, or is it just like opening application window? I moment?
3: just opened it up two weeks ago. Um, so prior to that, I was coaching firms on a one-to-one basis
2: Yeah. and That's really good.
3: coaching them on like, Sorry, what's that, Will? I said not scalable. <laughs> not yeah. scalable, exactly. But the point there was to understand. You know, I had my own idea of what people needed help with, but until you actually help you were others, you, yeah, validating, yeah, validating. I'm, right? I'm seeing the common themes, the common issues, the common struggles. I'm building up that database of knowledge, and then um, developing in that that into some kind of program. And then taking all of that and packaging it up into more of an online course format and like step-by-step, like if you want to build a scalable firm, like here's the things you should think about first, you know, follow these courses. You need some help from me along the way. There's different levels of support. So there's different tiers of support. Like I have a, pricing table, you can check out at futurefirmaccelerate.com. And it shows the different levels of support provided. There's a community component. So, Mm. you know, a a way to get like-minded firm owners together to kind of collaborate on these issues. And when people get stuck, you know, they could reach out to me, uh, depending on the the level of support um, that's included in the plan. And um, 24 seven. 24 seven 24
1: seven access no because you're 20. up changing diapers and you're
0: <laughs> gonna be up anyways might as well yeah. get in some billable time there yeah yeah
1: but uh, you know what we'll, we'll chat more in the after show yeah leave. that went fast after. um really? i have put a
0: link in into the facebook thread there so if you want to come hang out with with ryan and will and andrew and i for for a little bit just click the link and we'll let you in Hey, you guys, that was awesome. And, and you well, know Will, Will, I made the commitment to to our, our viewers that I would not talk politics. And I'm still not going,
1: to, <laughs> but we can now. But
0: I, I have wrote, no
2: idea what you're talking about.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Ryan, we got to get you back for your own episode. Thank you for hopping in. I for want, popping I in. To have you you it, come in and?
3: I didn't uh, want to encroach. I didn't yeah, want to. This is great.
0: And no, Will, that was fantastic. You know, you're you will we'll definitely have you back again. And we'll we'll uh, yeah, it was excellent. Well, and I do have a client in Texas that I I put the word in for. Gusto the other day, it is actually the payroll HR ladies resisting the change to the cloud. So I don't think she's going to have that option soon. So I I think we'll be talking.